0: Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance in the Crawl Space studios in Wormtown. Lance, how are you today? I am doing very well. Couldn't be better. How are you today? I'm doing well And Lance, for this episode, we have an interview with Terry Bousseau, and Terry is Sheila Shepard's aunt, and we have been doing this series on the unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard. This would be episode four in our series. Of course, Sheila Shepard was murdered in Saratoga Springs in 1980.
1: Yeah, and Terry Bousseau is, uh, like you said, she's Sheila's aunt, but as we spoke to her, we came to realize that she was more like a sister to Sheila. They were similar in age. Uh, Terry was just a little bit older than her, but they were they were close enough where they could go out and they could, uh, you know, enjoy each other's company. and And Terry worked with Sheila. I don't want to say so much to get Sheila's life on track, but Sheila was young. She had a child and she wanted to uh, make sure that everything was in line to uh, provide for her child. And I think Terry helped out with that. And the tragedy is, is that Terry was present at the house when her husband discovered Sheila's body when he had to climb through the window. And then he came down to let them know that they needed to call the police. And it's really affected uh, Terry to this day. She seems really haunted by it, and she seems really, uh, I guess, adamant on uh, on certain suspects and, and her theories.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a wide ranging interview. Um, we start off with some background, and uh, we do discuss the uh, the day that uh, that Sheila's Sheila's body was found. And uh, yeah, as you said, you, you can definitely tell it affects her. Obviously, um, yeah. it affected her marriage, and um, and so Terry's very open, and uh, she's a wonderful person. Really, kind of reminded me of like like a, an aunt or something like that, like one of my aunts. You know, just really warm and lovely. And she misses her niece. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and it's tragic. And uh, so this interview takes place at a restaurant in Saratoga Springs.
1: And it was really cool to sit down with Terry and the two investigators who have picked up the case. Uh, we have investigator Chris Callahan and his partner, Matt Wilson, and they've been working with Terry since they since they started doing this, since they picked up the uh, the Sheila Shepherd, uh you know, baton and started to run with it. And uh, they work so well together. And it was so cool to see them. Uh, have exchanges Uh, a a couple of times it wasn't like Terry really agreed with them but she she certainly wasn't confrontational you know she she would listen to them and they would listen to her which was really cool
0: yeah, it's great. So we're all there at lunch uh, at this restaurant, so you may hear some restaurant noises in the background. But uh, we do discuss um, a suspect at one point who, who Terry considers uh, the most likely. And a couple of things come up that uh, that we discuss in later episodes that, that may kind of be clues, and we're not really quite sure. What do you think, Lance? Well, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this, and we don't
1: want to come across as uh, impulsive on this, uh, and we don't want to make it seem like we're overreacting. We we actually want to make sure that we're not overreacting, which is why we're doing this. Uh, and it kind of sounds like a tease, but we really would like the listeners to listen and and let us know if you hear the same details that we heard that we thought might be uh, connected to, uh, the like directly connected to the murder. There are a couple of circumstances that come up, and... And immediately, you and I were, were thinking, well, this could possibly have something to do with it. This could be some sort of connection. And it was really hard to uh, gauge um, because they're good investigators, uh, Chris and Matt. It was hard to gauge. Uh, you know, they'll they'll never come out and say, uh, "Oh my God, you're right." You know, oh, "Wow, we never saw that." There, there is a couple of times where they appeared. Sort of interested in what we were talking about, but we didn't get a good gauge on whether or not we were overreacting about these details, which is why we're presenting it as sort of a tease. We'd like you to listen to it and, and, and figure out if you're hearing the same thing that we heard.
0: And Lance, this episode is a different style than the last two episodes in this series. The last two episodes we kind of played some clips and then um, you know, introduced the clip um, beforehand. This is a straight interview but at some point in this series we are going to have to talk about it. Talk it out. uh, Because so far what we've played is just our conversations from our trip to Saratoga Springs. So if you have any thoughts on the case, please email them to crawlspacepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any information, please call 518-584-8477.
1: And to reiterate, that's Chris Callahan from the Saratoga Springs Police Department. He is a current investigator along with his partner, Matt Wilson. And I think people are catching on that this is going to be a deep dive, Tim. We're on episode four. And from the trip that we took to Saratoga Springs, New York, I would say we have at least a couple
0: more episodes on this case. That's correct. And uh, this is part one of this conversation with Terry here at the restaurant. Part two will be next. And we also visit Sheila's grave with Terry um, in the next episode. And then we'll talk to a retired investigator, Tom Mitchell, about the case as well. And then Lance, we're going to do some follow ups with people like Lee Meller and people who could help us unpack this case yeah, as
1: we've been looking into this case and other cases and just, you know, being a part of this community, we see that there's so many people out there that can give us some really good insight especially if you're not directly involved in it we keep saying, you know, you get that 30,000 foot view of something and, and if you have the backup knowledge like someone, uh, you know, like Lee Meller or um, even our, our buddies at LA Not So Confidential uh, you know, you can you can really pick people's brains and and some of the listeners too, right? So contribute to this because it seems like a very solvable case.
0: Okay, thank you very much everybody, and uh, we hope you enjoy the interview with Terry.
2: Sheila was, um, she was 10 months old when I met her, and I was 10, so there's 10 years between us, so we were we we're very close. Um, they lived right around the corner from where my parents were. She's just kind of a laid-back kid.
1: In Saratoga. Yeah, in
2: Saratoga. They lived on Beacon Street. But mm. I left and went to Colorado in when, '80. When mm. She ended up there, and no in '70 I went. She ended up there at 15. She uh, was going to come out for a little visit. And she stayed? <laughs> no, we got her into school. Um, you know, she, she just wanted to come for a little visit and ended up staying for a while. But then she came back here and moved to Germany yep. with uh, Shep. But she was just, you know, she was laid back. She didn't, wouldn't have hurt anybody.
1: What yeah. brought you to Colorado?
2: I was searching for myself.
1: Uh, Okay. That's a good place (laughs) to start. I'm still looking. Good place to start.
2: (laughs) But, you know, she kind of followed me around because we were close. Um, I don't know if it was the best place for her to be, but she, um, then she got married. They moved to California. I got a phone call. I'm not happy. Can I come? So she was 20. Mm -hmm. She was just, she was sweet. Never hurt anybody. Why did
1: you say that um, Colorado might not have been the best place for her? Well,
2: because we were partying a lot. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. How long um, did she stay with you in Colorado?
2: The first time she stayed um, maybe eight months. She was going to ninth grade. Mm. We got went and talked to the principal. He said, I've seen a lot of Sheila Van Nesses." We're not going to charge her for this semester because <laughs> she's gonna go back home. oh she did, but she um she just was sweet i don't you know I don't know how else to describe her. she wouldn't hurt anybody, mm. and then she had you know she had her little baby, and you know she had some issues, but it it doesn't mean she deserved this.
1: Did she get married in California? Or did
2: no, she... she got married here. She got married he, here. His parents owned uh, Whispering Pines campgrounds. So they had Sheila's baby. And Sheila came back here, was going to Worldwide. She wanted to get her baby back. She wanted to, you know. But she had problems, you know, I mean. But,
1: but I mean, anything more unusual than a regular 22-year-old adolescent? has you know like yeah right like i mean i think about when i was 22 it's like you could we have this conversation a lot especially
2: when you get married at 17
1: and you have a child
2: you have a child by the time you're 18
1: yeah
2: she um she was young
1: yeah she's just we're not talking about a career criminal (laughs) yeah we're talking (laughs) about someone who got fell or thought they fell in love had a child yeah marriage before 25 Mm -hmm. that's it's a lot to deal with. It's I mean, a lot to deal yeah, with. Your brain's not even fully developed. You don't...
2: So she stayed that time for, well, a couple of years, till she was 22. She came back here, phone rang. It was her mother. Why do come and visit? So she comes out, she goes, oh, you know, they want me to visit. And I'm like, well, you know, go ahead. So she was only coming for a visit. So I moved back because she was here. So... I was here, she told me, I'm not going out with anybody. I'm just trying to get my life together. There's no one in my life.
1: She, like, as far as like a relationship? Yeah.
0: That's what she told me. Yeah. Told you in uh, November of 1980? November, or? I was really? here
2: 10 days, and she was murdered. Um, so I didn't really have an opportunity to, to hang out with her at all.
1: What was the, um, like, the <clears throat> genesis of that conversation, if you remember? Did you ask her? Do you have somebody that you're dating here?
2: Yeah, she said, well, she kind of offered the information. Oh, she did. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I was a little protective. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, She said, I'm not seeing anybody. I'm trying to get my life together. And, you know, she was just really happy that I had moved back. Mm -hmm. And I still think she... Today we probably would probably be living over there in the townhouse together because yeah, we yeah. were that close. I I had hoped that she could have gotten her, you know, gotten remarried or whatever.
1: Yeah. Did you know that she was doing the vocational school uh, yes. classes? Yes. Okay. Yes. And she must have immediately started that when she moved back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or pretty close to. Pretty like close a, to it. Yeah. Um. She seemed uh, happy that she had made the decision to do that. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And she was getting her life back together. She, she was, was trying going to very. School. She was
2: trying hard, yeah. and you know that's that's who called us. Called Marsha, was that um, one of the girls from Worldwide? Can't remember her name, but that doesn't matter. And said she hadn't been in school in two days. Okay. So Marcia, was that Monday and Tuesday? Yeah. So we were heading, we were heading over.
1: Was there anything like your thought process? Uh, that you were trying to connect, like had she said anything beforehand where it would have made sense why she had missed school for two days?
2: Mm, or were you uh, thinking
1: like maybe she's sick and she wasn't,
2: no, she just didn't call anybody? I was thinking probably she was partying and it would be okay, yeah, okay and she would turn back up. And in Colorado when we sent her, I sent her to beauty school, now that I would say she deliberately did not go. <laughs> no, she didn't like it? Well, I don't know if she didn't like it, but she didn't have time for that. Gotcha. <laughs> So You know, just trying to get her life together all the time.
1: Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like people who recognize that they need to get their life together actually sort of have their life together. They realize that it's, it might go off the rails if, if they, you know, continue well, that. I feel like people who actually don't have their life together don't realize it.
2: I was, I was always kind of worried, I yeah. guess I'll say, you know. If I couldn't find her, I'd call my sister Marsha. I'm like, I'm going to go look one more time. You know, I'm going to yeah. go look one more time. She said, this is the fifth time you've said that. <laughs> but she turned up.
1: You got a call from one of her classmates?
2: Um, Marcia did. I went up there Saturday night, and I thought it was odd that her radio was on because she was paying for electricity, and I know how she thought. She, uh-huh. knew she wouldn't have done that. And then that was, I guess, Sunday night. And I almost sent him up to the escape then.
1: Who uh, your husband yeah. at the time? Yeah,
2: that was a good way to start a marriage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard the radio on on Sunday. I heard the radio on, yeah. and
2: I came down. and I was like, maybe you should go up the fire escape. And I said, no, I'm just being paranoid. So then,
1: what brought you there that early? Just to
2: say, hey. Yeah. I had dropped off her. She had a trunk, so I dropped that off. Wanted to make sure she got that. Like a clothing trunk. Yeah, her some of her stuff in it, all her pictures, which.
3: Yeah, we touched on on earlier some of the family photos.
2: They did not. That's about the only thing that was missing. That and her keys, but I think you have the keys.
3: Yeah, we talked about that,
1: too. Um, The trunk that is missing is the one that you...
2: We brought her trunk on Wednesday. We just put it outside the door because she was in school or somewhere. And then um, her pictures were in there. She lo- loved showing pictures. This is my baby, this is Colorado, this is, you know, this is my auntie. Um,
1: How big was it?
2: It was big. No, it was a big trunk. Oh. It was. It had clothes in it and oh, okay. stuff she had left in Colorado.
0: But there was a smaller box of photos? Yeah, there and, was a okay. box of photos. And that was what's missing now? That
2: was what's missing. Okay. So I, we don't have a lot of those pictures.
0: Was she... Did she mention anyone close to her at that point, or not <clears throat> nope. not here, yeah,
2: I mean I she went out, Yeah. but you know like i I guess when she was walking home, she was went by the hub yeah. it's a little it was a little local dive, you know Saturday night Live was on, and she, they said she was by herself, so she walked up to church Street by herself
0: to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: So, going back to um, when you went to her apartment, was that Saturday or Sunday?
2: It was Sunday night.
1: Sunday night. It was
2: Saturday night that it happened. Saturday yeah. night, early Sunday morning. So that and was Sunday night.
1: And you went there Sunday night, and you were there with your um, husband at yeah, the time. Yeah,
2: he was. He stayed in the car, and I just ran up and knocked on the door. <laughs> and then Marcia went there Monday, and she said the same thing to me. The radio was on. And I said, "She's fine. Let's not be paranoid, you know." Mm-hmm. But um, I know they went to Mitchell, went to Colorado. I knew it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she just, she was a good girl.
1: And he went back on Tuesday.
2: We went back on Tuesday. Marsha came over to my house and said, Will you go with me. You know, we'll go up the fire escape. And I said, okay. And then Chuck at the last minute said, wait a minute, you guys, let me go with you. It would have been me. Yeah. Going up. Yeah. With Marcia behind me. Yeah.
0: And yeah. Marsha's Sheila's mom. Yeah.
2: And today's her birthday. <laughs> wow. So and you know, she lived with them for a while when she got here and you know, she really wasn't she wasn't doing anything bad, you know.
1: So whose decision was it that um, your husband was to go up the fire escape and you me. yeah and you and marcia stayed we stayed in the down car or <clears throat> the no?
2: Of? we were standing on the street
1: uh-huh.
2: and he went up and he kind of came back out and shook his head and we said you know go on in we'll call an ambulance or something i said she's fine and he went and unlocked the door and came down and he said you guys can't go up there
0: Blo- he blocked the door he
2: blocked, he blocked us the stairway was pretty it's a pretty wide staircase you have been up in there
3: no, there's somebody living in there now. We, we talked like about that. I don't want to be the one to
2: tell the, no. the current tenant... No, no, what,
3: no. ...what happened there.
1: You said that he unlocked the door? Yeah. The front door?
2: Yeah, it was locked.
1: Like the
3: front door to the building?
2: No, to, to her apartment.
3: To, to her apartment.
2: To her apartment. I don't know what your opinion is, but she knew who it was.
3: I think so. I mean, it's pretty... I think kindly shared. Yeah. I it's the way the, the place looked, and... And I know he we had talked one time and you're like she's not one she's going to open a door for for a stranger or no, you know, somebody in the hallway and say you know
2: but like you said she did leave the window open for her brother
3: mm-hmm. right
2: to go in and out
1: in case he needed a place to <laughs> yeah. to stay for the night or?
2: well he just it was just Jimmy you know he, she took care of him <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: a lot of the time
1: yeah we were also talking about just how It takes a little bit for us to reset our uh, brains to 1980, and um, how leaving your window open for your brother is. It it didn't matter.
2: Nobody locked their doors here back then. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we lived right next door. Right next. We. I grew up at 131 Church Street. That was at 125. But my mother would give us keys. We'd lose. So I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't ever locked. Do you know
0: if other people in her social circle would have known that her window was left unlocked occasionally? Probably. Yeah.
2: But I think they just went right through. I, I think they were there. She yeah. may have left them there, gone out. That was a, a thing she liked to do, have a couple of drinks and then go out and see what's going on. But um, she didn't really go out. Well, she did go out with a couple of guys in Colorado, but nothing... Who called the police? (laughs) We went downstairs and banged on this poor girl's door, and told her to call. In the building. In the building.
1: Didn't. Did did Sheila have a telephone in her apartment?
2: No, I don't think so not that I know of. So, yeah. See, I was only here 10 days, so I didn't have enough time to yeah. really hang out with her, or be, be there. But I know the girl downstairs said somebody was going up, in the fire, up and down the fire escape for quite a while.
3: There were some friends that I know had used it, had heard about it before, because the one, the the classmates that we talked about that go on, on Monday and then again on Tuesday they end up telling the teacher who calls... Uh, Calls Marcia. The one girl said she was going to go up the fire escape, yeah. but didn't because she was in a dress. So I, mean, I take that to reason that she knew that that was a you know left open. So if she did, then you know who else does or who else would have used that as a
2: yeah probably. You, know, as an entrance you way. know a lot of people knew. But my sister Paula went and talked to a channel one time, and uh, they said there's this blonde girl wants to talk.
1: Like a psychic? Yeah. Okay.
2: And Paula said, yeah, okay. She said, tell Aunt T that I'm okay now. So she goes, oh, she calls you her auntie. Paula just said, yeah, okay. Aunt T, she was talking about. (laughs) And um, tell Aunt T to keep her doors and windows locked. But, you know, I don't know. I kind of felt some closure with that, that she was reaching out to... Say, don't worry, I'm, I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. I'm whole person. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know.
1: So, you had uh, one of the neighbors that was in the same building call the police? Yeah. Okay. And how long before they showed up and what did you guys oh, do? Oh, my
2: God, minutes. Yeah. Minutes. The ambulance was there, the cop cars were there. And we um, went to get Jim. His, her father was working at the hospital. Oh. So we went and got him, and um, he told us to get out of there. So Marcia went, we went and we would talk to her, her sponsor. And we just left. He said, You guys got to get out of here. And mm-hmm. Chuck stayed. Your husband stayed? Yeah. And you saw over and over again them on the news bringing her body out was just horrible.
1: They showed that on the
2: news. Yeah, recently too.
1: Mm-hmm. Did they do like um like the anniversary like commemorative?
2: Like? Um we've done a lot of articles over the year. Mm-hmm. Usually you when know, a milestone like the 10 year one and yeah. the 20 year one and then there was the 30 year one and, and Jimmy did one.
3: Who's Jim Jr.? Sorry, Shields' brother. Her brother. Sir, her brother. It's the one oh, that in the side in the motorcycle accident right. near where we were we're filming earlier. Yeah.
2: You went to the motorcycle accident?
3: No. no. We're, their hotel where they're staying though is, is right near the, the
2: roundabouts oh, okay. there, 67. Okay. Yeah.
3: We weren't aware that
1: he had died in a motorcycle accident until this morning.
2: I was waiting for that call, too.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I you know, just knew it.
1: And he was pretty active in Sheila's case?
2: Well, no, he was in jail at the time.
3: Well,
1: when
2: she when she was killed,
3: when she was yeah, killed. yeah afterward though he, he
2: <laughs> yeah he always thought that if he hadn't been in jail he would have saved her which is crazy but it's crazy but it's understandable it's understandable
1: yeah
2: and um
0: how long had he been in jail at that point
2: I don't think 2 lives only 17 and that's 17
0: and Sheila's only brother, that's, yeah. that's the one yeah. that she left the window open.
2: For. It's the one she left the window yeah. open for. So he always felt kind of responsible for that, that she wouldn't have that window left open if it wasn't for him. But
1: Did uh, Chuck tell you anything afterward? Like, how did he describe it to you?
2: He didn't at first, mm-hmm. but then it, you know, it bothered him so much. He thought that she had been beat up Mm -hmm. Because, you know, your blood stops moving and But he just said her eyes I'll never forget her eyes And she was kind of covered up, but not really Mm -hmm. And he had to climb over her From the window From the window So he he did go get some counseling For a little while But the marriage was over
3: (laughs) The marriage was was (laughs) over before that
2: or no, we had just gotten married oh. in September and moved here, and then you know Sheila was murdered, and it just yeah. went. It just didn't work.
1: After that, wow.
2: Not because of that, yeah, but it, it certainly didn't help.
1: Promotional issues, I'm sure. contributing factor yeah. to mm-hmm. it.
3: Yeah.
1: How many? Uh, how many people have you considered? Have done this? Have, do you have?
2: Do you have like?
0: Ah, oh, just one.
2: Got an ironclad alibi, though. Mm. I can't say who. No, you can. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: <clears throat> Her ex.
3: What's his alibi?
2: He was in Long Island. You know, I don't want to say too much because she has a daughter and. Yeah. But she wants to know, too.
1: Of course.
2: My mother said, I'll go to my grave. knowing it was him. Go to my grave. He came came to the house, didn't quite act quite right, but it was a shock. And then he came to the funeral home, and he looked at her, and he said, I didn't think it'd be like this. And he said, I'm going to go get some flowers. He left and never came back. Wow. So...
1: And you haven't seen him since?
2: No, he died. Yeah. And I never saw him after that, no.
1: The last time you saw him he said he was gonna go get flowers. Yes. And he never came back.
2: Never came back. Wow.
1: When did he die? I don't know. He was like
2: thirty 1990. 1990. Yeah. Mass coronary at thirty nine. He was thirty nine and he mm-hmm. had a heart attack? Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah he was uh, he was the one that we were talking about before the drops right at the uh, look like at the dinner table. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, massive, wow. uh, massive heart attack, and was he a uh, significant alcoholic? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. The, yes. the Impression that we've gotten, definitely. What? Um, who corroborates the alibi? There were uh, there were several people that were yeah. talked to out in um, uh, Patchogue, Long Island, which is the the town that they were at. That uh, the detectives, at the time went out and talked to and. And uh, Matt and I were just out there in December when talked to a lot of the same uh, guys that had said That they were with him, you know, in 1980 Or talked to at the time And they, you know, they all gave us the same account And, um, you know, they, they all pretty much said to, to a person Like, I'm not going to cover for a murder right. then yeah. I'm certainly not going to do it 40 years almost later When he's not even alive And yeah. hasn't been for almost 30 years himself So... If somebody is covering it's a is a very extensive you know cover up and he's in a he's in a uh, bar that night in Saratoga or sorry in Saturday night out there where there's a band playing and they go and they talk to bartenders and people in the band so it's not even just like his inner circle they talk to there's all these different you know people that are in the area they're like, yeah, we definitely saw him and he you know he sat right here by the door and um, how, how long after? Where they interviewed within like, days. Within days, yeah, it wasn't that long. That's, see, I think that's like the first, you know, understandably in this case, first one they came yeah, in on. Would, is, yeah, you
2: suspect.
3: So yeah, they were out there for honestly a couple of days, and then had had him come to Saratoga to be further interviewed, and um, you know they're out. You know, there's a whole the write up in that case file about people they talked to to trace his, his steps at the time, that weekend.
2: But nobody remembered seeing Sheila out.
3: No, I mean in, in, uh, yeah,
2: in Long, in Long Island, Island, right. But that night. Wait, yeah. say that again? No one remembered seeing Sheila out that night. On Saturday? Yeah.
3: That was the one that um, we were telling these guys yesterday, a big part of the problem with the weekend is the people's timeline is it's you know I, I saw her but was it Saturday, Saturday night or was it Friday, Friday night Friday. or was it at the Golden Grill or was it at you know at Sage's so so there's very little you know definitive somebody saying like I saw her at Desperate at this
2: time, I think this, she was at Yeah they,
1: they knew what the she drank there. but they
2: didn't know if she was there that night but
1: so she could have been remembered uh if she went there on like Thursday or Friday and then when the places you know, the management was talked to maybe they they were like, Well, I guess it could have been Saturday. Is that what Yeah. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, kind of. They didn't couldn't but Marcia saw her that Saturday. afternoon Saturday. Saturday she, afternoon. Said, the she said that she was gonna go see me. She's gonna come to my house that night. And I never saw her. And then there was some talk of a party
3: or... Right, from the downstairs neighbor, thinks right. that she hears, people upstairs.
2: But I don't think it was Sheila.
3: They, they, you know, they never were able to track <laughs> anyone down, though, either to say, if okay, if there was this party, if there was this get-together, no one, they can't find anyone who was there who said right. they were there. So was there actually, was there a party, yeah. or was it... Her yeah. and one other person that they hear, you know, walking around. And...
2: But she was in the hub one Saturday night. Well, this is what I was told by the bartender. But she was in there, Saturday Night Live was on, and she was alone. And then walked home, and then when she went in, they heard a thump.
3: <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's just, uh, you know, one of those tales yeah. that's come out yeah. after. Like...
2: Well, that was right from the beginning.
3: Mm-hmm. The downstairs
2: neighbors? Yeah. They and, heard a
3: thump
1: or and a thug. she
2: said Saturday Night Live was on, but...
3: I remember that somebody somebody in the hub does say, I'm watching a Saturday Night Live at the bar, but I thought it was they see her walk, they think it's her walking by, not actually in the...
2: Not, not she didn't go in?
3: And that's, so that puts it in between 11.30 and, and 1 yeah. a.m. That is she walking downtown or was she walking back Walking back home. Walking back. And we had a, a pretty good... Neighbor witness that thinks that he sees her or does, he says it is her, he sees walking towards downtown. And that was like 9 p.m. ish, and they were able to to pin that down. The guy says, I'm watching this movie, The Car. Mm -hmm. It was like a May for TV movie or something. And then uh, Tom Mitchell, the detective, he goes, Yeah, I remember the time. I was watching it too. I was home before I got, you know, called in for whatever, not this, but something else. So that was like between eight and 10 that she'd be walking towards the bar district and then sometime between 11.30 and one, walking back towards the apartment.
2: It wouldn't be unusual for her to go out by herself.